Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Carrick. I teach busy mums who are trying to juggle everything to transform their lives, to lose weight and lead a healthy life so they can feel fit and fabulous. On the Fit and Fabulous podcast, we chat about nutrition, healthy living, emotional wellness in a way that you can apply to your life. I'll show you how to stop being frustrated and overwhelmed with healthy living and how to make it fun and easy. You're invited to sign up to my free New Me workshop. Change your mindset to healthy living in five days. Get to the bottom of those I can't do it thoughts and transform them into wow, it's so easy and fun. You can sign up at drorlina.com slash new me. That's doctor, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash new line in the middle, me. Hello, how are you today? I hope you are having a marvellous day and that you aren't too stressed. Today, I have another exciting treat for you. We are going to talk stress and I have invited my dear friend, Mariana, who is a psychiatrist and female leadership coach. And she is going to tell us all about stress. She's going to tell us which stress is good for us and which stress isn't good for us. And she's going to tell us what we can do to minimise that bad stress. So let's dive right in. I am super excited to welcome Marianne here, who's going to talk to us all about stress and how stress impacts our health. And I have to say, I'm super honoured, but I am, we're both laughing here because Marianna, we're such podcast pros that she has got a blanket over her head so that the sound quality is better. (laughs) And I look amazing, right? I totally rock the cave. You do. You're looking great. And so I'm going to call her the blanket monster. So, no, all jokes aside, Marianne, let's get started. And let's start by talking about what stress is. Yes. So there's many definitions of stress, obviously. Um, but what it basically is, is the activation of a certain part of your nervous system. And we call that the sympathetic nervous system. So if something happens that stresses you out, and to make it easy, let's just use the example that everyone knows. So there's a lion and it's about to eat you, right? And then what happens in your body is that you start producing adrenaline. I think everyone knows that as well. And if you produce adrenaline, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your pupils dilate, and you get more blood to your limbs. And what that does, it gives you the ability to run from that lion to save your life, basically. So that's the beginning bit of stress. Is there anything else that we need to know about stress? Yeah, so this is your initial response. 
And then secondly, your more mature part of your brain kicks in. Um, and that starts in something called your hypothalamus. And your hypothalamus is basically the boss of all things hormones. And it's in your brain and it directs to your body. And what then happens is the production of something we all know very well as well, which is cortisol. And what cortisol basically does is it switches off your thinking brain and it switches on your action brain, which again comes in very handy if you're running from that lion. Um, and so what happens is you become more aware, you become more focused um, and you're very responsive to danger. And what ha also happens is that at that moment, pleasure-seeking, uh, sleeping, eating, sexual activity is actually not really on your mind because who's going to like pleasure-seek when you're running from a lion, right? So it's really a switch in your brain away from all things fun and towards all things um, preserving your life, basically. I can see why stress is good for you in some places, but we do seem to have stress all through our lives. So is stress good or is it bad for us? Yeah, exactly. So we're not running from lions anymore on a daily basis, at least I'm not. Um, but we can still use stress because it keeps us focused. It gives us attention to details. So whether you need to do something for work or you need to prepare this elaborate dinner for your in-laws, it's good to have stress at some times, but then also not at other times. And so what really helps is to think of stress as helpful. And actually there's been research that people who think of stress as helpful in some situation and not necessarily bad for you live longer lives. And it's the people who are convinced that stress is really bad for you all the time that actually have a much higher chance of dying from stress-related disorders. So keep in mind, stress is not necessarily bad. Um, but then there are times when stress is bad and that is obviously when it's there all the time. So when it's not switched off, um, and then especially if it's unpredictable stress. So if you are in a job that is sometimes really stressful, as long as it's sometimes, and you know, when it's going to happen and you have some control over it then it's all right. But if you have no control over it, so say you have this boss who at the weirdest times can like call you up and say, you have to start doing this and this now, and you've no idea when it's going to end. And that is the type of stress that is bad for you. The type uh, of stress that is being a parent, that type of stress. Well, but having no control over it and it not being predictable. So basically it being sort yeah. of, other people giving you stress. Yes, my children. <laughs> exactly. So children are a great example, especially if you have either like young ch children who won't sleep and, and you don't know when it's going to end, right? You can get really stressed by that or just children being difficult as they sometimes are for weeks at a time and you just no idea when they're going to explode again. That can certainly be bad kind of stress. Okay. Some people are just, worse at adjusting to stress. So they're like these really high reactive people. Um, and that is just something that they are and they're born with it. So they can't really do anything about it. But if you're like highly reactive and you get stressed out easily, then it's also more likely to be bad for you. 
And then the third type of situation is where you get stressed out. So for example, you're driving and then someone cuts you off and then like there's this near accident, right? And you get stressed out in the moment, which is fine. But then you come home and you tell your, your husband about it and you get all excited and stressed out again. And then you call up your mom and your best friend. So like really reactivating the stress all the time is also bad for you. So can you just quickly recap the three different types of stress, please? So the type of stress that is bad for you, the, the three types, is if it's there all the time and it's unpredictable and uncontrollable. Um, the type of stress for specific people who are not very good at adjusting to circumstances and to stress. And then the type where you reactivate the stress after the stressful situation has already ended. Okay, so what can we do about stress at that moment when we're feeling stressed? So my child has just jumped out at me and I think I'm being chased by a lion and I go into this flight and fright response. What can I do about it then? Yeah, so in the moment, as long as like the danger is still there or your child is still stressing out, then it's totally fine that your stress response is going on, right? Because you want to be focused on the situation and sort of get your child to calm down or the lion, you need to run from it. But then after like the immediate stressful moment is over, you want to tell that sympathetic nervous system to shut down and you want to activate the other type of nervous system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. And you want to tell that to sort of calm your body down again and be able to sort of replenish and restore and rest. And there's actually a couple of things you can do actively to activate that. Um, and I thought I'd just share a couple of them. Yes, please, for you. please do. So the one thing, and I think you've heard of that before, but now you know why it's important, is to do deep, slow breathing. So that is a type of breathing where you breathe from your belly. So you can actually put your fingers uh, or your hands on your belly and you do slow breathing because that activates that nervous system. Um, and sometimes this is hard, right? <laughs> I mean, slow breathing is it sort of, it does take some effort and, and being able to focus on it. So other things that can really help then is actually do some singing or some humming um, that can also activate the system and, and just do like loud and cheerful singing or like if that's appropriate in the situation, obviously. Okay, so then thirdly, there's this hormone, which is called oxytocin, and it's often referred to as the love hormone. Um, so using your example again, where your child is sort of freaking out after you've resolved that, giving your child like a really good big hug can actually help you produce that oxytocin. And for your child as well, obviously, because your child was probably also stressed out. And that again can uh, activate that parasympathetic nervous system. In our family, we call those six second hugs because I've heard they have to be as long as six seconds that a quick hug won't do that. Yeah. So it has to be a reasonably one. So we go around saying, would you like a six second hug? Would you like a six second hug? Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some things that we can do in the moment when we're being stressed. But also there are lots of studies that show how being in a stressful environment or these dangerous stresses, and I think it's something that we always know, you know, that we've known for years and years, um, that 
I always used to watch ER when I was revising for um, my finals. Ahem, I don't think it really counted as revising. But they <laughs> always have this um, this scene where you have a stressed businessman or woman who comes in on the brink of death they've just had a heart attack and the doctors say you know they fix them obviously because it's er and then they say oh you need to stop being so stressed otherwise it's just going to happen again so i think we've always known that but now we're beginning to see that actually this is true isn't it all that the reverse of stress things like mindfulness really can protect us from certain diseases yes definitely um so but it's easier said than done, right? I mean, you've just had a heart attack and now some doctors tell you, well, maybe you need to stop stressing out so much. And you're like, yeah, but how is that going to happen with my family and my job, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, so first of all, can you tell us, do you have any research about that that you can tell us or general ideas about how mindfulness or absence of stress can protect us from disease? Yes, definitely. Um, so to talk about that, I think, first of all, it's good to go back to why stress is actually bad for you. Your sympathetic nervous system is really handy in stress situations, but after that, it needs to be switched off. Um, and when we switch it off and we turn to the parasympathetic nervous system, all the things that were shut down that I told about before are being um like reactivated again. So your blood pressure goes down, which is obviously nice for your heart. Um, your glucose metabolism is kicked back into gear. Um, and it's very important that our glucose metabolism is always active because otherwise you can get nasty diseases like diabetes, for example. Um, you, your liver starts detoxifying again. So all those toxins get out of your body. And in our daily life, we are exposed to lots of toxins nowadays um your fertility so like your reproductive organs get active again um which explains why if we're chronically stressed our body um sort of responds by maybe giving us irregular periods and also it's very hard to get pregnant then um your digestive system uh starts um, working again, so um, just digesting all your food, which explains why if we're chronically stressed, we eventually start to gain lots of weight, whereas in the beginning, you might not be uh, willing to eat as much, and you might lose weight, but for prolonged stress, you actually get fat in the end. Um, and then lastly, obviously, your um, anxiety levels will go up, and eventually you might get depressed, because that is what your um, parasympathetic nervous system protects you from. So if it's not activated, you might get anxious and depressed. Um, and then also a direct effect of the cortisol that we just talked about is that you're not able to fight disease as well as you normally do. Um, and probably many people recognize this, right? That if you're really stressed, and of course you're going to get cold after cold after I don't know what types of stomach bugs and that sort of thing, just because you're not able to fight them as well. You've given us some tips for what we can do in the moment. What about lifestyle tips? Because I think what you're saying as well is that we want to be avoiding stress, unnecessary stressful situations all the time, that we can have some stress, but we don't want too much stress. So how do we get that balance right? Well, 
getting the balance right is a whole uh, different subject, I think. I could talk for another 20 minutes on that. <laughs> but let's just assume for now that you are not really in control. So you have these young kids, you have this boss who can be a bit unpredictable. And then fortunately, there's still stuff that you can do. Um, and that has to do with the different types of stress. So for external stress, like the boss and the children, having good social support can really help. So if you have uh, a supporting spouse or a good friend that you can talk to and then actually just like not talk about the stress all the time, obviously, but talk about fun things. And, and if you feel really supported, then that really helps for you to become more resilient to stress. Um, and then secondly, obviously, being able to control your mind better could really help. Because if you keep on worrying and if you keep on thinking about the stressful event, even after it has happened, then you're just going to be reactivating that system again. And this is where things like mindfulness and meditation and uh, yoga come into play. Uh, and they've actually done research where they have gotten these monks who were like insanely trained in meditation obviously they had done like thousands of hours of training um, and they got them to meditate and they meditated actually on gratitude and on basically on just feeling love towards the world um, and what they saw is that their brain waves changed they had low blood pressure low heart rate so that can really, really help both in the moment, but also to just have um, a generally a lower level of stress so you become uh, more resilient. Um, then the third one is obviously emotions. Like bad emotions can keep you stressed all the time. And in our society, we're not as used to actually feel stuff, right? Like if you're feeling an uncomfortable emotion, if you're sad or if you're like really angry, what we basically do is we just sort of try to stay positive, move on and, and not feel the feeling. And then it sort of keeps lingering. Um, and what we actually need to do is try to feel the emotion, which sounds quite obvious, but it's not as easy as it sounds. So sometimes you might need a little help to, to get into that habit. Um, and then especially... A good example of this is actually grief. Um, so I think we all know an example where someone loses their loved one. And then, I mean, usually they're like a bit older. And then this other person dies as well, like within weeks. Um, and apparently the grief itself can be so detrimental to the body due to the stressors that you actually can die from it. Wow, that's amazing. So, and what about exercise? Does exercise play a role in decreasing stress? So exercise can help in the moment because it helps us produce chemicals that makes us make us feel happy again. Um, but then also being in the habit of exercise can really help because if we go back to the example of the lion, um, we need to be able to run from the lion, right? And we need to be able to run for longer than just a minute because the lion is not going to give up that easily. So if you are in reasonable shape, um, that will help you. And also your body needs to be in reasonable shape because if you're really overweight, then again, you're not going to be able to run from that lion very well. So if your body isn't in good shape, then it's actually going to send um, distress signals to your brain which can sort of keep the stress reaction going which is why 
eating good shape can actually make you more resilient. Can you just recap the general things that we can do to reduce stress on a lifestyle level? Yes. So on a lifestyle level, keep your mind in check and don't just reiterate the stressful events all the time and stuff like mindfulness and meditation and yoga can really help. Uh, stay in good shape. Um, so be able to run for more than just a minute and don't get too overweight or work on it if you are. Um, keep your emotions in check and stop repressing them because they will keep lingering and have a good social support system that you can talk to about more than just the things that stress you out. Fabulous. And I think one thing that really amazes me about doing this podcast and thinking about how to live a healthy life and how to avoid diseases is that although there are little bits that are sort of slightly different, the main message of all of them is basically the same. It's about healthy eating and healthy living and reducing your stress to a manageable level. And that in a nutshell is everything. I know. Yeah. It sounds so simple, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the first step is the knowing it intellectually. And then the next step is integrating it and where you start working on that. Because, you know, I think it's a journey. When I look back on my journey and I started thinking, oh my goodness, my children are eating too many biscuits. And that made me think about my diet. And then it just unfolds, you know, and gradually, gradually, it unfolds to thinking about everything. So I like to say to people, it's a marathon and not a sprint. You know, you do one little thing and keep going. You don't have to fix everything this week because that's clearly going to cause you lots of stress. And then, yeah. (laughs) So I like to think of it. And I think that's also the way you work with your clients is just piling on the habits and do one thing at a time and start small and keep it manageable. Yeah. Fabulous. Any last words? don't forget stress is not necessarily bad for you and thinking that it is can actually kill you so that is an important one (laughs) and then just keep it small keep going and try to live as healthily and happy as you can and that in in the end will just make you the best version of yourself huge thank you to Marianne for coming to speak to us. There we have it. Everything that you need to know about stress in a nutshell. Now, as you can tell from Marianne's beautiful accent, she is Dutch and she is a psychiatrist and leadership coach. And she works with ambitious women who want to lead in their business and field and who know that what got them where they are already isn't going to take them to the next level. So if you would like to find out more about her, I have left a link in the bottom of the show notes. Her website is Marianne Van Den Brock. And as I say, I've left a link. So go check her out. She is fabulous. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina. If you enjoyed it, I would be really grateful if you could share it with a friend. Every time you share a podcast episode with a friend, it helps me to reach and help more people. Remember, you're welcome to sign up for the new me challenge. Dig out those I can't do it thoughts and replace them with, wow, this is easy and fun. You can sign up at drlena.com slash new me. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash new dash in the middle me. Have a lovely week and see you next week. Goodbye.